Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Uh, Breakfast in the Class is dedicated in loving memory and Lilu Nishmat David Ben Naima, sponsored by the Aharon family, and as well, dedicated in loving memory of Millie Marcus, Lilu Nishmat Malkabat Garaz, sponsored by the Marcus family, and as well, the week of Kolbu is dedicated in loving memory of Lilu Nishmat Yikusiel Yehuda Ben Naftali Tzviyala Veshalom, who's at Skaraz this week, and in honor of a birthday for Gittel Bat Miriam, sponsored anonymously. We also want to welcome uh, the boys uh, who are here from uh, Yeshiva on their week off. Uh, you should go back to your learning with strength, with uh, energy, and Hashem should make you blessed. The Pasuk tells us, and it was when Paro sent the people. Now, after 210 years of slavery and 86 years of backbreaking labor, when the Jewish people is decimated, when four-fifths of the Jewish people dies in the Makkah, in the plague of Choshech, you'd think that the leaving of Egypt would be the most beautiful, the most happy, the most uh, celebrated thing that you could ever imagine. And yet the Pasuk says, Vayehi. On this word, Vayehi, we know the Midrash explains, in Midrash Rabbah, the word Vayehi, en Vayehi, ela lishon tsar. You don't find the word Vayehi only when it's an expression of pain. Vayehi bimea hashverosh, hua hashverosh, right? Because the Jewish people are about to have a decree levied against them for de- death and destruction, men, women, and children, all in one day. Vayihi. Vayihi bimei shifot shoftim. Right? When you find the story of Elkanah, where the people are starving. There's a famine in the land of Israel. He moves away from the land of Israel because he, he's had too much, he doesn't want to help anymore. And who, what happens to Elkanah? What happens to Machlon? What happens to, to, to Chilion? What happens, not Elkanah. What happens to uh, uh, the, the uh, Shofet and his two sons, right? Elkanah is the father of uh, Shemuel, right? What happens to the so Elimelech and his two sons? What happens to all of them? They all die. The people are starving. Naomi falls from grace. Don't call me. You hear how bitter she is at the end of the story. Why are you calling me Naomi when everything that has happened to me is Mara? Is, uh, that's what you should change my name. That's what she says. One of the most, the saddest lines in all of Tanakh. Don't call me Naomi. Change my name to bitterness. Because God has made me bitter. That's a Vayihi. What the heck, like they say? Is Vayihi bishalach parotam? How is that something which is said? So one interpretation that Rashi brings is that the sad thing was how many people left as the Pasuk continues and says that they left chamushim. They left literally chamushim means they were armed. But the Midrash explains chamushim means that they were, there was a fifth of them. Four fifths had died. So what was said? That not everybody left. A second interpretation. Paro was the one that sent the Jews. Hashem took the Jews out. Veotseti, vihitsati, vigahalti, vilakarti, 
Vehevetti. God did everything. Alimu Anivilo Malach. Me and not an angel. Anivilo Shaliach. It was all me. And then we come to this. The Mefarshim say that one of the opinions or one of the answers to this question is that after everything God had done for the Jews, they were scared to leave. They were hesitant to leave. And even though the gates were wide open and God had given them all green cards and corona vaccine cards and whatever they needed to travel, PCR, serological, you know, corona, whatever, they couldn't leave. They had to be shoved out. Because it's difficult. Those of us who've tried to change in any way know that change is difficult. Even when you're changing from something bad to something good, it's difficult. But my friends, I want to talk about perhaps another understanding here. There's another tragedy. Because if you remember, we spoke about the idea a few times. You see, many people's version or vision of Judaism is very Jewish-centric. Now, I know that that sounds funny. We think that Judaism is about Jews, when unfortunately, that's a mistake. Judaism is not about Jews. Judaism is about everybody. Judaism applies the dogma of Judaism, applies to Jews. We're the ones who have to do it, but Judaism is not about the Jews. What's Judaism? What is Judaism about? It's about God and his world. That's what it's about. Litaken olam bimalchut shakai. To create this world in the image of a godly kingdom. To turn this world into a place where people recognize, have emunah, belief, and gratitude to God. I quoted on Shabbat afternoon one of the most important Rambans in the entire Torah. Anyone who understands Ramban or can get their hands on a translation has an obligation to read this. It's the epilogue of the parasha, the Ramban that ends parashat bo. And the, specifically the paragraph where he says, V'chavanat kol ha-mitzvot. What is God's intention in all of the mitzvot? In everything that he does, every mitzvah, every commandment, every prayer, what's it all about? To build emunah in Hashem and gratitude to him. So what is Judaism about? Not the Jews. It's about the world. That's why there's such a premium placed on the concept of Chilul Hashem. Now, Chilul Hashem doesn't have to be with non-Jews. You could also perform a Chilul Hashem that only Jews know about. According to Harambam, you could even perform a Chilul Hashem when nobody knows about it. Did you know that? It's a big chidush when people see this Rambam for the first time. Rambam writes that if a person is alone in their room and they do a mitzvah or they do an avera, and the only reason why they refrain from the avera, excuse me, or the only reason why they do the mitzvah is because they have fear of Hashem. That's a kiddush Hashem. And if you're alone and you do a sin, because you think, who sees me? No one's going to know. And you're, 
Your decision to do or not do a mitzvah is based on whether people will see. But alone, you're willing to do whatever you want. Chilul Hashem. So my friends, although many of us think that Judaism cares only about the Jews, it's not true. In fact, you have a pasuk that tells it to you. The pasuk tells us that when God brought all of the wonderful miracles in Egypt, one of the reasons we're all familiar with is the reason that we found in last week's parasha, in order that you speak to and teach and tell the story to your children and to your grandchildren. Building emunah, great, everyone knows that. But they seem to forget about the pasuk. The same way it writes about us that we need to know that God runs the world and that we need to return that to our heart, it also uses the same verbiage with regards to non-Jews. We, when we have a mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, it's because Kiddush Hashem causes people to say, look at how the people of God are behaving. Look at what godliness brings to the world. I want some of that. So Judaism is also about the way we Jews affect the entire world. How we affect the way that other people think of us. How we affect the way other people think about God via us. So you know what's said? After everything God had done, after every miracle Hashem had produced, after holding Parol like this up against the wall by his neck, because every Bechor in Misraim was killed, every Bechor in Misraim was killed, except for two. Who? Parol. And Batya. Batya because she saved Moshe, she had the Zechut. And Paro because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted Paro to witness what was going to happen to him and his oil soldiers in the, in the Yamsuf. So God has Paro like this pinned against the wall. And the intent of everything that was done was in order that Paro should move should shift from a mi Hashem who is this God that I should listen to him to the point where Paro recognizes Hashem and how sad it is says the Pasuk that Paro could feel after everything that had been done that who sent the Jews out? Anna I always say, you know, you see people that are big, uh, very arrogant people. Always brings a smile to my face. When I see them saying Halel, I smile. Why? You see a guy is very arrogant, very full of himself. And he's singing on the top of his lungs. And I'm like, that's what you think. <laughs> right? Anak could mean please Hashem. Or Ana Amunai can mean I, <laughs> I am God. Ay, ay, ay. Vayihi b'shalach paro. So that's why it says Vayihi. 
How does a person overcome this idea, this trap of after having God do everything for him, he takes the credit for himself? We've quoted this line many times. You know, the line goes, success has many fathers, but failure is an orphan. No one gave birth to failure. Oh, that's him. That was, I didn't, it's not, I, he, it was the other. Anything good, everyone's taking credit for. Success has many fathers, but failure is an orphan. How does a person do that? How do we shift ourselves to becoming people that know how to give the credit and the glory to God? I'll never forget, I don't know if anyone here is a football fan, but one of the great moments in NFL football history for me is the Minnesota miracle. Minnesota. Nice. Minnesota miracle. Anyone an NFL football fan here? Stefan Diggs. A law, now he's not on the team anymore. Long toss down the sideline. Two guys on him. No time on the clock. It's Kirk Cousins, wasn't it? Two guys on him. He goes up, catches the pass. There's two people on him. The time's done. All they need to do is push him out of bounds or push him to the ground or just push him. Anything. The two guys jump and the one defender basically falls on the other defender, knocks him out. Diggs comes down with the ball and he's like, and he runs, he runs into the touchdown. But what happened next was amazing. Vayihi, I don't know how to say caught. Vayihi kitafa Stefano. It wasn't Vayihi, it was Vahaya. Takes off his helmet. And all this man is saying is how he's giving the glory to God. You must check this out for yourself. Guys made the catch of his lifetime. It's one of the most important moments in NFL history. He's made this catch and everyone, what will they say? You know, you work your whole life. You make sure you hone your day, day, day. And then the time comes and you make the catch. And you know, you don't because, you know, everyone thinks you're an overnight success. I've been training for this moment my whole life. Anna, 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 Amonai. And that's not what he did. He did the other way around. If anyone wants, I'll send you the link. So here's a guy who's able to give the glory to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's a trick to be able to when the camera's on you? In the moment maybe of your greatest success, isn't that everyone's, oh wow, it's amazing, you built this business, fantastic. How'd you do it? Oh, well, you know, one day I was sitting there, I was thinking, where's Hashem? No bear. I, I was thinking, and then I realized, and then I told this guy, and then, you don't know, oh, I pulled the best move. This is what I did. I told the guy, I'm going to give him 2%, but I didn't say 2% of what? So I gave him 2% of my candy bar. I, you know, the guy's got the whole story about how he did it, how he outsmarted, how he was so smart, and he was so lucky, and he was so clever, and he was so this, and he was so that. Yeah. And then what does he say at the end? He goes, and of course, without Hashem, <laughs> afterthought, Ben Beno shall afterthought. Grandson, the great-grandson of an afterthought. Maybe Hashem squeezes in at the end. 
after you shared how brilliant you were. And by the way, it's not just about business. What about when you're starting a learning program? Oh, I saw the boys, I realized, broke my heart, but how many people tried to start a program that didn't work? The saddest thing is after everything that you've seen, you still think it's you. So our, our rabbis tell us that in the scripting of Bishalach, of Az Yashir, you'll notice that the writing is done in a peculiar way. You have Az Yashir Moshe, Ubnei Yisrael Tashirah Azot Lamunai, Yomiru Lemor, Ashir Lamunai Ki and in the Torah, it goes from side to side, columns. One way of understanding is that there's, what's it called? Is that there's a refrain and a response. Right? So Moshe said something, and then they answer him back. That's one way of understanding why the columns are split with the empty space in the middle. So it's a, like a line, and then they responded. Right back, forth. You find it also at another shira, in the shira of Ha'azinu. Many different times we find shira and you have, they employ this method. But the question is why specifically in the shira would you have this division, this space in between the words? And again, there's many understandings and many ways to look at it. But I wanted to share with you something so simple. The most important thing to seeing Yad Hashem is to have space to be able to realize. A person's very busy doing what they're doing, so they get so busy in doing this and doing this and doing this and doing this and there's no time to think. So who do they assume did everything? Them. It's only afterwards when they pause and there's a space and they think back, wait a second, I am a clever, no question. I'm the best ever. I'm the, what a gift from Hashem to the people. Great. But there was three people in that room. Why did the guy come and offer the goods to me? One second, one second. So I got a loan from the bank. At the time, the banks were giving out loans at 5%. But that morning at Shacharit, I happened to sit next to this guy who's the bank manager. And the bank manager sees I'm praying. He says, oh, what do you do? I'm trying to start a business. Oh, what do you start? I just came. I started learning yeshiva. I'm now a big family. Baruch Hashem, I need to support them. Oh, that sounds uh, so nice. Spent all those years. I always respected rabbis. My father told me to respect rabbis. Why don't you come by my office? I'm going to... Hada goes and he negotiates. He bishalach paro. I did this, I did this, I did this. And Hashem's like, did you miss the part when I basically stuck you like sitting on his lap and jewel? <laughs> like, did you miss? And then I took the guy like this, like the marionettes, and I sent him over to you at breakfast. Two other guys, the other guys do things, you never even built anything. Why would he give the goods to you? I don't know. Just because I'm handsome, right? Why? Why do you think this happened? But it only happens when there's a space 
when a person's not talking, when a person's not doing, when a person's not uh, active, and they have time to reflect. That's why shira is associated with space. As yashir Moshe. Why? Because there was no longer a noose on their neck. They're already in a space where they can, they have some breathing room. These ideas, whether in the positive, whether in the negative, are a crucial part of finding God. So perhaps, maybe this was what HaKadosh Baruch Hu also intended for our Shabbatot to be. I always love this pasuk according to this understanding. Sheshet yamim ta'avod ve'asita kol melachtecha And then, Yom HaShavii, and the seventh day, that's Shabbat for your God. I think the pasuk is telling you, six days you work. You do all your stuff. Asita kol melachtecha. But then the seventh day comes along. What we say in L'Chadodi about Shabbat is that Shabbat is mikor haberacha. It's the source of blessing. So you come to shul and you do nothing for your job and nothing for your work. But you draw deep from the well of beracha. And then you come back to work on Sunday morning or if you're in a western country on Monday morning and you bring back the beracha of Shabbat. And it is the job of the person not only to go to Shabbat and expect to draw beracha, but the way I see the pasuk, the pasuk is telling you, you have to come into Shabbat with your six days. You have to look back on Shabbat on your six days. Go through your week. See what was called melachtecha. What did you do? And what did he do? And by the way, it's not just God's job to do nice things, unfortunately. It's not just God when the bank manager sits next to you. It's also God when the guy you owe $100,000 to you've been avoiding for three weeks gets the seat next to you on the plane for 12 hours. <laughs> How does collecting already? <laughs> he takes your kosher meal. <laughs> That's also Hashem. But the reflection of Shabbat, and I dare say, that's what makes it Mikor HaBeracha. So if a person is not experiencing Shabbat as a Mikor HaBeracha, they're not experiencing this source of blessing from keeping Shabbat. Maybe the reason is because they're not keeping Shabbat properly. Because they're not recognizing on their Shabbatot how much they need God. Hashem made everything. Everything. What a beautiful idea. What a beautiful perspective.
And when a person recognizes, goes back and says, oh, there you were, Hashem, and there, and there, and there, and oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. How did that happen? There are people who in this life never have a space. They never sit down and it's only when they hear a class like this that they start thinking back about their businesses. We've had a conversation. I remember we talked about the origin of your business, right? How things shifted, right? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you, right? Yeah, isn't that amazing? God! See, I remember? But not everyone notices this moment where all of a sudden they shift and they didn't know why or where and then all of a sudden something else falls in and they're like, oh, wow, this is great. Oh, thank God this came. No, not thank God this came. Yes, thank God this came. But you need to be able to look back and that space, a person who doesn't have that space, hear, the, hear me now, a person who doesn't have that space, who doesn't have that space to think, he doesn't have a yashir. He doesn't ever sing. They never sing this song to God. And for the duration of their life, they are making non-decisions, thinking that those are their decisions. Hashem should bless us, Be'ezrat Hashem, with the capacity to be able to have the space in our lives to see, to recognize, to remember Him, to teach others about Him. Hashem should bless us to be able to uh, inspire others with our actions, to make a Kiddush Hashem, to sanctify HaKadosh Baruch Israel. Hashem should bless us to make Kiddush Hashem amongst the Jewish people. Hashem should bless us to make a Kiddush Hashem ki ani Hashem bekerev haaretz, not bekerev b'nei brak. Hashem is, I am God in the middle of the earth, not only in b'nei brak and in Lakewood and in uh, Yerushalayim, but everywhere. We should be zochet to bring God's name to every corner, every alley, every street, every city, every country on earth. And through that, letaken olam makuchakai, being partners in bringing the Mashiach, mehera, viyamenu. Amen. Rabbi Hananya ben Akasha